Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Double Hot Beat. We're taking the pulse of the brewing and home brewing and craft beer scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. And as we teased on last week's episode, we are going to delve a little deeper into our trip to the Lost Forest. I am so excited for this episode. You have no idea. (laughs) We've been trying to get something like this together for a while, so we're excited. Uh, But first, James... On this episode 45, why don't you tell us about some of the new equipment you've gotten and since we've been in our new house? Man, episode 45. What a, what a ride yeah. so far. And we, we might have uh, a new logo coming your way soon, so be on the lookout for that. Teasers. Oh, we're all about teasers. You know, you got to have something to look forward to during this holiday <laughs> season with everything that's happening in the world and trying to be positive as much as we can and keeping track of all things homebrewing. And on the homebrewing front, before I get to um, a little bit of... Sentimental? Before I get sentimental? <laughs> I okay, know. I'm not getting sentimental here. Uh, I'll leave that for Santa Claus and all you good kids out there that are going to maybe get some new brewing equipment at this Christmas. So Robbie that we had on the show before, he brewed another beer, but this time he used a tree to mm-hmm. pretty much like run his run his mash through. Mash through. Yeah. So it was pretty sweet. And again, shout out to Robbie if you're listening to uh Check out his Instagram page, Chainsaw Brewing. It was just great to see another innovation from him. Trying to think outside the box, and I love it. And if you're a home brewer out there and you're doing something great outside the box or just your normal brewing, hit us up on our Instagram page. All right, I'll get to my equipment. Since Shannon's been badgering me about my equipment, I will get to my equipment. (laughs) I just said equipment way too many times, and that's that's what she said. Anyways... So yes, so my Black Friday purchase was the SS Brutex Green Mill. And I've been following people who have been using this and just the other options for green mills out there for home brewers is the more manual ones. You can also use ones where you hook up your drill uh, to it to have it more automated. And then the footprint was really uh, one of the reasons why I chose the SS Brutex mill is just because it's very compact. It has the ability to change your uh, grain size to your crush. And I've just seen great videos and heard great things about it on how it's great for five gallon batches. It's great for 10 gallon batches. It's even great for like 50, 60 gallon batches of beer. The amount of grain that you can fit in this hopper is just insane. And so the box came and I'm just excited to get to brew again. Uh, we're still setting up everything here at our new new double hop beat abode abode in studio and home brewery my spice city home brews and yeah it's coming along great the electrical's all set up ready to go got all my fermenters and everything all down there now and just waiting on a couple more things to develop and i think i'll be running on my grandfather first for any potential new systems arrive or do not arrive. (laughs) We will see, but you know how it goes this season. Uh, You work with what you got and, you know, you just make some great beer and I'm excited to do it again and uh, share with you my brewing experience like you guys have with me. So thank you to all those listeners out there, Mm -hmm. both in the United States and abroad. We've now hit almost every single state in the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're in Sweden, we're in Japan, we're in Russia, Germany, 
Denmark, um, yes. where else? Great Britain. There's yeah. a lot of places that I'm like, wow, like you're listening to a craft beer podcast. I love it. Shout out. Shout out. Welcome. You found us on everywhere where you can find podcasts, <laughs> as Shannon would say. Yes. Well, thank you, James, for that update on your home brewing. But wow, what a rant that was. Let's get to the exciting part about this episode because uh, we have special guests waiting for to talk. So why don't we turn it over to our special guest? Yeah, so today we are going to delve deeper into what our one of our favorite breweries, Lost Shoe, has to offer for their new indoor space. And we have the luxury today of speaking with founders and head brewer, at La Shoe Brewing in Marlborough, Massachusetts. Welcome, JP and Melinda. Thanks for having us. Thanks hey for being here. Hello. So we really wanted to do this because we're just so excited to really talk about what you guys have done at La Shoes recently. And with the pandemic and everyone being careful and being safe and moving things indoors, we were just blown away by the brewery experience we had this past week. Yeah, because we got to visit your new indoor attraction, is what I'm going to yeah. call it. <laughs> it is an attraction, right? An experience. <laughs> yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys have done and what you're calling it and kind of what's what's going on over there? Yeah, so um, we opened the Lost Forest, um, kind of a winter wonderland experience just opened this past weekend. We're hoping to keep it through February-ish. We're going to kind of see how it goes. Um, but yeah, we totally decked out the, the tap room or lounge area so that you really feel like you are in this kind of outdoor winter forest. Um, and we, we were trying to think a few months back how we were going to kind of make the winter work. We knew we might possibly be losing some of our outdoor seating um, due to the snow. And of course, people aren't really too keen on sitting out in, you know, a snowstorm <laughs> in the 20 degree weather. So we knew we kind of had to figure out something. Um, and having limited indoor seating, we we just kind of thought, how can we how can we make this work so that we can kind of really make it through um, the winter successfully? And this winter idea came up, this forest idea, and uh, it turned out really amazing. We're, we're so thrilled Very for happy. people to yeah. see it. <laughs> And how many ideas, like, was the forest kind of your first thing that came to mind? Or how many ideas did you guys go through to, to come up oh, with Oh, gosh. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were a good amount of ideas. Um, we we kind of explored the igloo route, and um, that kind of had its downsides. Mm -hmm. um, so, we yeah, we, we definitely went through a few. We kind of looked at some off-site locations for potential kind of winter pop-ups, and nothing really kind of felt right for that either so um so when this idea came up we it really just felt like it was something that we could could make happen and um and make make work for the winter months yeah I think it has a nice feeling to it as well because I mean right now when you guys opened it it is obviously the holiday and Christmas you know Hanukkah mm -hmm. season so it has that holiday feeling but I think it it's something that can extend into the winter because it's not overtly holiday <laughs> Which is exactly. Hard, yeah, it's very just like forest. That's kind of our whole goal is to make you feel like you're just in this winter forest wonderland. Got like the tree stump stools people can sit on. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, we really we didn't really want to make it like 
super holiday Christmassy. We want it to really be winter wonderland themed. <laughs> yeah, I think you did a great job with the attention to detail too, because we were sitting there and like picking out little details and little creatures and different <laughs> different things that you definitely like put the thought into it. You didn't just, you know, bring it indoors and be like, okay, we're just doing a forest. It was so elaborate that I think anyone <laughs> who goes is going to be blown away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And I like that it's set apart from the other kind of open seating area. So it's, like you said, it's it's an experience where you can go and you can have a nice little private table. So why don't you tell us like what you get when you go to the forest? Yeah. So, um, that, that forest area, we only have six seating areas in it. Um, we wanted to make sure that we had tables of four that were, um, spaced out appropriately, and that kind of felt, like you said, are kind of in their own little coves. Um, they have trees kind of surrounding them. So you do feel like you've got your own little space there. Um, but so the table fee is $40 um, for entry. It's for two hours. And it comes with a charcuterie board that feeds four people. Um, so that's included in your price. And you also get exclusive um, access to two of our seasonal beers. Um Miracle on 19 Weed Street is a Spruce Tip New England IPA. And Say Goodnight Kevin is our Imperial Stout, kind of like S'mores Stout. They're over 13%, so it's a big beer. (laughs) But it um, comes served with a chocolate graham cracker rim and a toasted marshmallow on top. It's quite, quite fun. (laughs) And and that beer we did sell out of in cans within uh, 24 hours. So that is... currently only available exclusively in the forest. JP, I think that just speaks volumes there for you as as you are the brewer. Uh, I think that's amazing, right? How rewarding is that to have such a great following and success with a beer that's just come out? It's awesome. I mean, we definitely didn't expect it um, to sell out as quick as it had. It's probably one of the, I think that's been our fastest selling beer. We've gotten really nice feedback on on both of them, actually, um, on the Spruce Tip IPA and the and the Stout. Um, so, yeah, definitely very happy. James is actually drinking a. I'm actually miracle drinking right now. the Miracle right now. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> um, and as I teased in our last episode, uh, this along with the Kevin is probably I'm still split between the two on which one is my all time one of my all time favorite beers. So. Kudos to JP on that one. Um, Thank you. I, I know usually it's like you do a first release of something and there's certain things I'm sure you want to tweak or you want to fine tune, but the amount of flavor in these two beers, and I like how they're very dynamically different. So I like right. how you chose a dark style beer and then you also chose something that's light and kind of like if you're sitting in a forest. Hmm, let me look at exactly. these pine trees. Like it just gets you in that spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wanted to come up with two two unique beers that were thematically going to fit in with the the Lost Forest. So, like you said, I mean, you're sitting outside and s'mores are great by the campfire, um, and then you've got the spruce tip IPA as you're surrounded by by the uh, the trees. And I will say for those listening, you have to go check out the Lost Forest because the Kevin. Say goodnight, Kevin, is an interactive experience. I'm not going to spoil it. You got to go find out for yourself what happens, but uh, it is definitely worth it. 
I would say. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, uh, I think Larry would try and steal some of that too in the, a little Home Alone reference there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about my uncle. I was like, who's Larry? Yeah, like, why would my uncle steal the beer? But he probably would because he's a big craft beer drinker. He probably so. would, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, JP, so for, I know a lot of our listeners are home brewers themselves. Uh, brewing with something like spruce tips, uh, what was that like for you on a craft beer scale? So, I used. Um, so the, the base beer is a New England IPA. So um, I use the spruce as I would uh, hops. Um, so I added the spruce tips into the Whirlpool. And then uh, right before packaging, I dry hopped with the spruce tips. Um, so it, it was pretty similar to, to my, my hopping regimen. Um, I probably used... I used about a third in the Whirlpool and then the other two thirds in the dry hop. And then on the flip side for the Kevin, the Imperial Stout, how do you approach stouts of that alcohol percentage where you don't actually, the alcohol is not overpowering in it? Like I did not feel like, oh my God, I'm going to die drinking this beer. It was just <laughs> a <good>. pleasant, <laughs> like very smooth. I think probably the malts have a big uh, part of that and what what would you say is the biggest thing when you're making a big beer such as that imperial stout i think um temper temperature control and then just having healthy yeast um the yeast is what's gonna push off a lot of those like really strong alcohol flavors that you don't want in something that is 10 percent or higher um so it's really just control over the fermentation and making sure that the yeast is happy now, whose idea was it to have uh, marshmallow involved in some way with the beer? Was that you, JP, or did Melinda have a little uh, thing to say about that? So I think in terms of the beer itself, having marshmallow in it going with the s'mores theme was probably more on my end. But Melinda was definitely the one who would le- who the, wanted to put the presentation. The, yeah, the presentation of it. <laughs> I think it's great because the dynamic of, because for those listeners, uh, you guys are married as well. Uh, yeah. So working together and, you know, having your life outside of, you know, the business, how do you kind of play off each other uh, with, you know, the brewing side? And then as far as coffee goes as well, because you guys have amazing coffee as well at Law Shoot that you guys do. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, it's kind of nice because we both have skill sets that, complement each other um obviously jp's the brewer i'm the roaster um but i mean flavor profiles and things like that are so similar between coffee and beer tasting coffees and tasting beers or tasting malts or hops um just have such a similar process to them um and kind of fine-tuning your palate for that but but outside of that kind of more on the the business end i mean jp's so creative and and he de- designs all of our labels um he does a lot of the kind of more marketing focused um tasks for the the business whereas my kind of wheelhouse is more the accounting and finance and business side that's my what my background is in outside of coffee so we kind of have skill sets that really do complement each other which has really been um helpful for for running a business so I have to ask, when you're making the coffee and JP's making the beer, are there times where you're like, what are you doing over there? Well, I'm making the beer. Well, I'm making the coffee. Who's going to be here later tonight? I don't know. 
definitely happens sometimes. I think um, I think our our production space is is not huge. It's very efficient. It works for exactly what we want it to be working for. Um, but it can get tight as time at times. So there's days when I go to roast coffee and we've got barrels of spent grain that are getting ready to be picked up by the farmers. So uh, <laughs> it gets a little tight and, um, we're very efficient. With yeah. Our space. <laughs> so you, not only are you guys efficient with the space and sustainability, but you also give back to the community a lot, which we really love being in the Marlboro area. Uh, I think it's just great that you provide, you know, that community experience for people in, especially in a pandemic, you know, you want to do things as safely as possible and to make sure that people don't have to be afraid to go to your business. So do you want to kind of talk about just very briefly, maybe some of the um, safety protocols that you've put in place, cleaning practices, um, just so people can understand, you know, as a craft brewery, what you guys on your side are doing to keep us safe. Yeah, I think, you know, I really think through this pandemic, a lot of restaurants and other breweries have been doing a phenomenal job at, at kind of embracing these new guidelines and standards that, um, that the States put forth. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we are sanitizing constantly, um, tables, chairs, we are, so we do have kind of a self-serve um, QR code on tables outside of the forest. Um, so people can sit at their table, order right from their table. And then really the only interaction is when they arrive and then when we bring the beer to their table. So um, we, at the very beginning, we really wanted to kind of try to limit that, especially for our bartenders um, being in contact with a lot of people. We wanted to kind of eliminate some of those interactions, which is like the opposite of what you want in the hospitality industry, but it's, it's, it's a weird time right now. So safety has always really been at the, um, the most important thing that we've been focusing on. Um, so yeah, we did implement that, those QR codes. We're still doing that for our indoor and our outdoor tables that are not part of the forest. Um, and then for the forest experience, like I said, we only have six tables in there. Um, and those are table service. But, um, yeah, we, we've, we've really just been trying to stay on top of all these, these safety guidelines and, um, and yeah, we're, we're doing everything by the book and, and above if we, if we're able to, yeah. Yeah. We're trying to limit as, as much as we can people walking around. We're trying to keep people in their seats, um, keeping people comfortable and, uh, and sanitizing everything in between. Yep. I mean, you make it so comfortable. Why would anyone want to get out of their seats? <laughs> that, yeah, that's more the issue, right? Yeah. The leather couches definitely make it hard to get up. Like, I'm like, hmm, maybe in our backyard, now that we're in our new house and we have nice woods, I could get a nice leather couch and, you know, sit in the woods. And I'm like, you know what? That's not, a, that's not as practical as going to Law Shoe, right? Uh, and then one other question a lot of home brewers have out there, JP, is as far as ingredients go, are you running into... Um, same kind of issues that homebrewers on the East Coast are having right now of having ingredients getting scarce, certain ingredients, or are you able to pretty much keep what you're used to as far as um, getting your ingredients? I'm pretty good at, um, at having access to the ingredients that I need um, for, for the beers that we're brewing. Um, I think the one thing that we are starting to have a little bit of uh, concerns about is the availability of cans. Um, there is a widespread aluminum shortage that's going, uh, going on across, 
across the country, across the, the globe. Um, and so as we get further along into this, um, making sure that we can have cans so that we can still provide beer to go um, is, is definitely mm-hmm. something that we're, we're trying to stay on top of. Yeah, that seems like an issue a lot of people are running into right now. Understandable. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's um, it, it yeah, it's definitely a little worrisome, especially with so many people not sitting in tap rooms um, at the capacities that we're used to seeing. So we're doing a lot more can sales to go than we are uh, draft sales. Um, I mean, that's good because then you can create more can art too once you do have the cans. So exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then one other thing uh, I want to mention is just not only your drafts, you know, at, at your establishment, but also the cans to go. But you've also recently done something unique, I think, for craft breweries in our area with beer service, beer delivery. Can you kind of give us a little bit about uh, what kind of service you're offering? Yeah, so we um, we have an online store um, where we can ship our coffee and merch from and then we have a separate online store um you can access from our our main website um that you can order beer anywhere and we'll deliver anywhere in the state of massachusetts um it's through ups they're really the only ones that um we can legally sell and ship beer through so um yeah you can you can order right on our website we are doing it a case at a time so you have to order a full case of beer and we'll ship it right to your front door um you do have to be 21 plus to sign for it um <laughs> uh, of course but yeah so we, we are we did get into the shipping game in the past month um shipping beer coffee merchandise um yeah and we're still doing our grab and go you can order online um coffee or cans to go um pick up in the tap room we're also doing curbside still so you can just select curbside and we will run your order out to you great the beer shipment sounds like a great holiday gift for those looking for Absolutely. ideas. Absolutely. <laughs> wink, wink, yep. nudge, nudge, Shannon, yeah. maybe. <laughs> and it does ship, it, it ships um, next day, so you can order it, um, and it will be on your doorstep the very next day. They do come in uh, very nice uh, whale pod shippers as yes. well that are very much reusable. Um, so you can then ship to others <laughs> <laughs> i was like is she gonna go there is she gonna go there well she went there all right fair enough you read all of our minds and all the listeners minds on, on that statement within, so that's massachusetts. Great. within massachusetts of course of course well before we wrap up do you want to share where the listeners can find you your social media website etc yeah uh, they can find us uh, in person at 19 Weed Street in downtown Marlboro. We are parallel to Main Street. We are right next to City Hall, and we have a uh, nice big parking garage right in front. And then uh, digital, yes, definitely. Uh, and then digitally, they can find us at lawshoebrews.com, as well as lawshoebrews on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Great. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show it's we've been talking about this for probably since you guys opened on <laughs> let's get these guys on our show <laughs> and so really uh, yeah this show's just for you guys so uh we want to say cheers <laughs> thanks for the great beers and the ex- brewery experience uh mm-hmm. in these tough times and uh, hope you guys stay healthy thank you Likewise. same to you and thanks for having us on yeah, thank, thank you, you. <laughs>
thanks again to Melinda and JP for joining us. Really appreciated that. Uh, and before we wrap up today's episode, I just want to say, or we want to say, I guess not just We me, want to say, we okay. We want to say, happy Hanukkah to everyone out there who is celebrating Hanukkah this week. Yeah, we hope uh, you have a good holiday season mm-hmm. and hopefully get some cheer in these dark, dark times. Yes, so happy Hanukkah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Double Happy. If you want to continue this brewing session, you can find us on our social media outlets at Double Hot Pete Podcast. If you're a home brewer and want to come on our show or share your home brewing experience with us, hit us up on our Instagram page, Double Hot Beat Podcast, or you can email us at doublehotbeat at gmail.com. Yes, and if you'd be so kind, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, that really helps us get new listeners, so we'd appreciate it. And cheers to everybody with a special craft beer homebrew. Mm-hmm. And this has been, been Double Hop Beat. Catch, Catch you on the brew side. side.